0: Good morning, Mimosas. This morning, we will be kicking off our transition series with this episode discussing intention and awareness. My guest speaker for this series is Miss Brittany Sewell, and I met her as a fellow military spouse volunteering when both her husband and mine were stationed in North Carolina together. And although we have been apart for, I want to say it's about four years, five years, maybe even. Um, she has been making some major transformations. She's completed her bachelor's in psychology, is currently pursuing her master's in clinical mental health counseling, and she is just all around a fantastic person. And I am so excited to have her on the broadcast calling in from California.
1: Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Cheryl. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, um, glad to have you on. We, so I heard you have an inspirational quote for this episode. So what do you have for us?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I have, um, a quote by George Eliot and it states that it's never too late to be the person you want to be. That is a good one. It's never too late
0: to be the person you want to be. Well, you know, that, not just as a great quote. I mean, it's a deep one. I'm here for it. I'm so excited to dive into the content of this episode because I know it really wraps around everything we're about to uh, talk about here. Brittany and I have been stationed literally across the country for years now, but I have been amazed by your transformations. I know I kind of mentioned that earlier, but you know, you've had this gazelle-like intensity that has reflected not just in, you know, losing weight, you've been creating sustainable, healthy habits. You know, I I mentioned earlier about, you know, completing a bachelor's degree and almost finished a master's in one duty station, which for all of our civilian friends who are listening, who may not realize what A length of a duty station is we're talking of about three years so you have been absolutely crushing it so could you go ahead and just tell us in a little more detail about your journey and what i got to witness from afar on facebook but kind of give us the inside uh
1: yeah yeah definitely i really appreciate that um it's nice to hear other people that can see um how far you've come in a short amount of time uh and like we had talked about previously I felt like this was always within me to accomplish these goals. I just didn't know how to get there. And I think that's what's so important about cultivating awareness and attention is you're really honing in on what you want out of life and you're going for it. But unless you have a reason to change, a lot of times we get comfortable in our lives and we just maintain the status quo and we continue to do our daily things that we normally do and just. Except that life is the way it is. Um, so sometimes
0: so, t- talking about, um, the, you know, having a need to change and kind of, we'll say like a catalyst, you know, did you find that it was a catalyst event that made you realize I need to make a change or was it something that has just been slowly building or what do you think, um,
1: kind of was yeah, that absolutely. factor for you? So- there was several events that happened uh, that I found myself in need of help, um, and I realized that I was not going to reach those goals unless I learned how to cultivate that awareness and intention. Um, and so, Do you,
0: would you say the areas that you were feeling you needed help in was it something that it was more emotional or physical or mental, or was it a combination of all three, or
1: yeah. So if, if we go back a little bit for my own story, for me at, my struggles were with the postpartum depression after I had my son, um, I have two children. Um, my daughter is eight and my son Caspian, he is three now, almost four. And I had postpartum depression after I had him and I have had mental health struggles on and off, um, throughout my life, as long as I could remember, but I never actually, went and got help for them. I just managed, I had high functioning anxiety, if you will. Um, So I, you know, I had those issues, um, but it wasn't until my son stopped breathing that I thought, okay, I've, I've reached my max capacity. I can't handle this anymore. And just as a side note, he is okay. <laughs> He's about to be <laughs> four, but, uh, he stopped breathing when he was three months old. And it was, it was a traumatic experience for me and my husband. Um, did he stop out of the blue or did yeah, something It was just like, or... it was kind of, I think they called it like a near SIDS, you know, the sudden infant death syndrome or the, the stop breathing. This might be kind of hard for some people to listen to that are parents, but, um, but yeah, it was just one of those things. Like you just, they never know. Like he, you know, we went to the um, the doctor, he went to specialist and they never found out why it happened. Um, but I just didn't bounce back from that. Uh, and so I needed additional help to, uh, to make the changes. And that's where I started. Those situations is where I started to cultivate awareness and intention um, on my path towards healing, on my path towards being a better mother, on my path towards being a better wife, student, just a better person in general. That is fantastic
0: that that was, you know, it's unfortunate that it was such a heart-wrenching experience to go through, but it was such a fantastic opportunity you took to not just reflect on that moment, but also kind of decide on some things all the way around for you. And I will say from, you know, I have fur babies. I do not have, you know, human children. Um, But even hearing that story, I mean, you sound like you acted great as a mom to get him help and the follow up, you know, to kind of see what was going on, even though the kind of cause and why was inconclusive. So what did you say to yourself or what was the moment you said, okay, hold the bus. We just survived this heart-wrenching experience as a family, I need to move forward because you felt like, I, I imagine you've just felt like you were waiting at that point and just waiting in a pool or in treading water, yeah. trying to,
1: it, it was definitely, it was a tough time. Um, if, if anybody, that's listening has ever struggled with anxiety or anything like that, you know, like you constantly have like these thoughts going on, like what could go wrong, what could go wrong. And eventually I decided I can't live like this. This isn't a life worth living. If it's like this, if it's always in my head, if it's holding me back from reaching things that I know I'm capable of doing and that I want out of life, I wanted more. Um, And so that really pushed me um, to To get the help. And then also, it wasn't just my son stopped breathing. At the same time, as I said, I had a daughter that's a little older. I started realizing I didn't know how to parent her in a way that I thought was a a good way to parent, right? So I had these ideas that in order to be a good parent, you have to teach your kids all the right things, um, so to speak. You know, and I use that—I use that quotations—all the right things. Uh, I remember they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember my mom growing up, and well, the right thing to do—that was such a key phrase that she even said and used with us. Well, you know, the right thing to do in this situation, Cheryl. Well, the right thing—you know—whether it was something to do with you know manners or the way you speak or address people and and when you think about all the tacit knowledge that we have that we would want to pass on to someone else i it's mean overwhelming. It's, it's
1: overwhelming it's overwhelming it. yes it's oh like how God. am i going to cover all this with my kid um and so that was another area where i just i knew i wanted to be better i wanted more for my kids i wanted more for myself I knew the information was out there. You know, I hear a lot of parents um, say, oh, well, kids don't come with a manual. And maybe that was true at one point, but now you can literally go to the bookstore and find a manual on raising kids, a manual on raising adolescents, teens, you know, there's like there's so many books, there's so much stuff out there. So if you only go and look that information's out there and however you best, um, best learn, whether it's podcasts or books or, you know, video books, yeah, yeah. Videos. I'm sure there's YouTube series and things like yeah. that out so there. So whenever you're feeling like you're lacking in that information's out there so you can grow in that area. So it's, it's the matter of being aware to find the areas, you know, you're lacking in and going after that information and incorporating it in your life to become a better mom, wife, you know, friend, whatever you want to be better at. First, you got to go realize that you want to change it and then go find that information out there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's one thing that is so fortunate about this day and age in, in technology. You know, we keep, you know, there's, for sure, you know, if 2020 has taught us nothing else, it's to not take things for granted. But it's also, you know, a good pointer of like, you know, kind of taking note of all the amazing things we do have and definitely having access to knowledge and, you know, books and material is uh, definitely out there. Mm -hmm. So to your story. So at this, you're at this point where, hey, I need to make a change for myself. I need to figure out a better way of parenting, maybe a better style of parenting, we should say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, what else was going on?
1: Yeah. So, as far as like the postpartum depression and the mental health struggles, uh, awareness that I was not getting appropriate amount of sleep. I mean, no one does when they have newborns, right? But (laughs) and in general, when you're when you're like not living life the way you're wanting to, that also impacts your sleep. The way your
0: body needs to. I am not a good sleeper. It's definitely something I want to improve on. But I think it's also, you know, it's also a need on a human level. We
1: there are certain things that we need that Yeah. Well, and almost any of the issues that people struggle with that are like mental health issues can be addressed with the very basic of sleep. Like that's one of the things that you can assess for starting out of the gate, if you're not getting enough sleep, that's one of the best things you can do for yourself. And so it's finding ways to do that. Um, Personally, I was listening to um, Michael Seeley on YouTube, uh, which is, he does like a little bit of sleep hypnosis, but really it's just a calming voice. And he's just telling you, like, you can picture anxiety and erase it, things like that. Like, it's just helpful to have resources. I'm all about resources. (laughs) Um, Yes. And have those in your pocket. Yes. And talking about having them in your
0: pocket, you know, I generally, I do not pay for apps. It's just one of those things I never budget for. um, I never allot for, but there is one that I do listen to and um, that I, I, it is the one app I pay for. It is the Calm app.
1: Uh And
0: I use that and I listen to sleep stories or even some of the they have some meditation series and, and things like that, or even, you know, just take one moment and breathe and things Mm -hmm. of that nature, because it is something that I too, you know, need that soothing, either sleep story of someone talking in a soothing voice or listening to a relaxing soundtrack, um, that really
1: helps out. Yeah, it's definitely, i don't know anybody that couldn't benefit from meditation of some sort or just taking a breather. Um, Those moments that we take in our day to just slow down and kind of let the outside world like drift away a little bit is so important for us. It's important for our mental health. It's important for our well-being. Um, It's definitely something we all need to work on doing a little bit more of. Absolutely. So
0: in the realization that, hey, I need to take these steps and then how did you go from realizing them? What was your first step? I mean, obviously becoming aware that this is a problem and I need to be slightly better in this direction. You know, what What was it that you did?
1: Right, so my first step was getting into counseling or therapy um, and I know that is not the right fit for everybody due to whatever their previous experiences in life were or maybe financially. Um, I was fortunate in my situation with our health insurance that I was able to get into therapy. And that's where I learned a lot about how it was going to be intentional and be aware and change some of the things that were not working for me. Uh, Because that's what it came down to is I had some uh, faulty beliefs that were holding me back um, and some of those, just for example, and we all have yeah, these um, faulty beliefs. I'm like yeah. excited for us to dive into this. So yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, what are
0: your examples?
1: So some of mine were, I didn't have the time, uh, and that could be used for anything. Um, I didn't have, I don't have the time I'm, to work out. Ah,
0: I've said that so many times and yes. Yeah. Mm.
1: And and so here, here's something I tell people now, when I hear that it's one way I challenge that belief um, is go look on your phone, they have this nifty little thing. Now it tells you how much screen time (laughs) you've been accumulating. (laughs) And then look and see, you know, some some of these days that I said, I didn't have the time I was spending five hours on my phone. Like, clearly, I had the time for a 30 minute workout. So I think that's really good. That awareness, Um, the phone that is my attention. What a way to hold yourself
0: accountable. That is such a great. Any mimosas out there that's listening to this and uh, wants to challenge themselves with that, feel free um, use it and let us know if you have some screen time that you want to decrease and you know replace it with something else that could be more beneficial. Sleep, like you mentioned, Yeah. yeah sleep or, um, you know, a meditation or,
1: and it's such, you don't need to completely cut it out. Like I think a lot of people go extreme when they're trying to better themselves, but baby steps are the best way to go with any kind of change because each one is going to get you closer. And even if you fail, you learn from it. Um, so when I say, okay, I don't have the time. And then I look and I see, I spent five hours on my phone. Then I say, okay, well, I can take five minutes and, and do a quick workout or read some of my book or something like that. It's not, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred and completely cut out the five hours on your phone. That it's a little much (laughs) like just little baby steps.
0: And in, you know, challenging your, you know, faulty beliefs. So you know, I know you said that not having enough time to work out. And did you have any other examples? Cause that was such a good one that I feel is so easy to get caught up on, especially when you can check yourself on your phone, but do you have any other kind of faulty beliefs that you challenge
1: yourself? The other one, um, Which resulted in me having a lack of community, which is so important, was I would tell myself I didn't need other people. They only let me down. And saying it out loud now is so sad to me, but I really truly believed this at the time. And I felt like I was constantly being hurt, and I was doing it as a way to protect myself. Um, But I, learned through that that it couldn't be any further from the truth all the research i've done on mental health says that the number one thing you need as a human is community uh, you need friends you need family you need a social network whether that is through your actual family or you go out there and make your own family you need that uh, you need that support so that was one healthy yeah. belief i was able to challenge through learning what you need to have better mental health
0: And I feel like that is such a powerful point because in your case, I'm sure with, you know, being a second time mom, um, and, you know, especially in the newborn phase when, you know, a little life is fully dependent on you, it's very easy. Well, I, you know, I can take care of it. It's my responsibility, my weight and feeling not as comfortable pushing it and saying, Hey, could you do this? and asking for help. I know, um, when I had, I've had four knee surgeries and during that time when there were lots of things I couldn't do for myself, but it, it was harder and even more difficult for me to ask someone else Mm -hmm. to help me with things. To me, I would rather rally, push through, somehow figure it out on my own, I'll make it happen.
1: You know, that kind of tough so when mentality we, when we ask for other people to help us. That leads to emotional intimacy with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a basis for any healthy relationship, um, is creating that emotional int- intimacy, whether it's with a spouse or a parent, um, we need to be vulnerable in those situations so that and we can both grow from it. Especially. And
0: with friends, you know, um, I, I a situation i was in when ryan was deployed i needed to have my tonsils removed it was this whole story and my person got sick and couldn't take care of me so i called a military spouse that i met three weeks earlier that we met i was like oh you're cool i'm cool we changed exchange numbers and i was like hey could you like take me to my surgery and just right. bring home make sure my dog goes out uh this evening And she did, and we are still to this day, great lifelong friends. Um, So that community, you know, again, like you said, whether it's your family, you were born into the family you collect, um, even your friends and even creating groups for maybe the life situations you're going in, like a new mom's group, or if you're moving to an area for us, when we move to a new duty station, plugging in with some fellow military spouses or people that maybe like doing yoga if you like doing yoga just finding people with those like things community what a great faulty belief to uh challenge
1: for sure for sure and i wish i would have challenged it sooner but it only lended itself to the awareness and the things that i need to change so it all worked out in the end there um and then the other one i had To go back to kind of is being hung up on teaching the kids the right things so i knew how i did not want to parent right but i didn't know how to parent appropriately i didn't know how to discipline in a way that i felt was healthy for my children Um, my experiences were not experiences i wanted to repeat in their lives and so i found parenting classes and you don't hear of people attending those very often, Um, but I found them and I was very fortunate. Um, I have shared them with you to link in the resources about the incredible years and Triple P, Um, but basically the ideas are that you're parenting through relationship. The basis of parenting, and it's the same with counseling, the basis of parenting, the basis of therapy or counseling is building that relationship. Um, And all the other things will fall into place. Uh, Sure, you can parent your kids the right things, or you can use the most perfect theoretical and scientific backed techniques, but they will only go so far if you don't have a good relationship with that person. Man,
0: that is such a great point. Talk about building a strong foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And having, you know, creating that environment um, and tightening that foundational relationship. So then when you do try to layer on more lessons or more concepts or more food for thought for them to accept or not mm-hmm. on their own, you know, that that really is dependent on that relationship you build. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the two resources. And for everyone listening, we will be also putting this on our website. So you can uh, look into all this great stuff that Brittany is introducing us to today. But are
1: those two classes that you took? Or are they books? Yes, yeah, so a little more? Yeah, the two books i linked are also classes that you can attend depending on if they're in your area um they are all over the united states um but the but i just linked the books because i know not everyone can attend a class um the ones i went to happened to be free which was nice it was offered through the county um that i lived in and it had childcare so just letting you know that's might be an option <laughs> um, <laughs> And the military, behavioral health through the military on my base here offers triple P. Um, So if if any of the listeners are military affiliated, that's also an option. Um, But yeah, so books, like I said, you know, back in the day they used to say, kids didn't come with manuals, but now they do. And these are great resources if you're feeling like, if for instance, one of your areas of awareness are recognizing that you wanna be a better parent or you want new tools to parent more effectively, these are great resources. So that's why I share it as an example of where I was cultivating awareness and what I did about it.
0: That is fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that you said, I didn't want to parent and continue the behaviors of how I was parented. Mm-hmm. And talk about, you know, w- w- whether you have children or not, you can think of countless instances when you grew up that were amazing. Um, you know, times, events, things that you absolutely loved, but then I think we all can also think of times when, you know, what, I didn't like this, or I, I didn't appreciate how this was handled or how this was said to me. And even translating that from a, on a career front, you know, how many jobs have we been in and had certain bosses or coworkers And relationships that this is what was said or handled that I, I liked this or I didn't like this, but you can identify it and kind of that intention and awareness of actually thinking it through.
1: You know what? I don't like this. So I'm going to make this change. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's you find where you don't like something in your life and you go out and get the information to, to replace it with something that's, that fits your life better that is going to be helpful to you and those around you. Um, So that was definitely uh, two of the books or the resources I shared. And then another one I shared on there that doesn't necessarily have to do with parenting, um, but it can, Um, it's the attachment styles. Um, So there's a book I shared on there called attached. And I believe it's like the new science of adult attachment and how to find and Keep love or something along those lines. Um, but essentially, there are three different attachment styles um, that have lifelong influences on our ability to communicate our emotions, our needs, how we respond to conflict, and how we form expectations about our relationships. Uh, So I think that's really important to talk about when we talk about awareness, is because if we can't go back to the basics of how we were raised or the attachment style that we have, um, we're going to keep repeating those mistakes in our relationships, whether it's business relationships, friendships, um, uh, relationships with significant others. And so we need to learn about ourselves, um, and that is, you know, reading that book um, will give you great insight to if you're anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, or secure attachment. Um, so, would yeah. you
0: mind um, just telling us, kind of in a nutshell? Because for me, you know, attachment styles like that sounds fascinating. I'm not a hundred percent sure what exactly those three mean. Would you mind just explaining those three? And
1: if you kind of have an example maybe of each one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, anxious, people that are anxious attachment, they tend to be kind of clingy in relationships. They need a lot of reassurance. They kind of find fault and find where the they may be abandoned. Um, and that kind of ties back into how they were raised. Maybe they had inconsistent parenting. Maybe sometimes their parents were there for them when they needed to be emotionally, but then sometimes they weren't because of, for whatever reason, either they felt like they might be spoiling their child by caring for them emotionally. Um, So they had like maybe some faulty beliefs of their own that went into their parenting. Um, And so that creates an anxious attachment. And then you have avoidant attachment. And these people, they struggle with close relationships. They would much rather just kind of cut people off, cut emotions off, not deal with them. Everybody's too emotional for them, (laughs) you know, and it's, they avoid, they definitely avoid the conflict. Um, And then there's the secure attachment. And so people with secure attachment, their needs were met as children. um, And they have better emotional regulation. They have higher levels of confidence. uh, And they have a greater ability uh, to show caring and empathy towards others. So ideally, we'd all be secure attachment. That's not always the case. I want to say maybe like 50% of people are secure attachment the nice thing is just because you're anxious or avoidant attachment now doesn't mean you can't earn secure attachment Um, and the people that do end up earning it are so self-aware that they end up having kids that are most likely to become secure attached so that's hope that's very hopeful i think (laughs) enough to wanting to learn more about it because then you can ensure your kids are going to be better off And,
0: you know, it's also something that I feel is such a great point, you know, talk about being emotionally invested in your relationships with, you know, even friends and family members. I feel that, you know, the attachment styles, it's also something that you can work on across all relationships and to help move people. And, you know, your quote about it's never too late to be the person you want to be, it Kind of reminds me a a girlfriend of mine named um, Amy. She said, "You know, you can start a diet in the middle of a bag of chips." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" It blew my mind. I was like, well, "You can't!" And she's, "No, you can be in the middle of a bag of chips and decide, you know what? I'm gonna, you know, diet whatever, you yeah. know, type." I've decided at this
1: moment I'm making life changes. <laughs>
0: there's never too late to just decide now and go do something and make that that first step and i think it's such a good point to bring up you know having the awareness of what's going on deciding what you know kind of beliefs you have and especially honestly the faulty ones so then you have a point to kind of start at to go towards but then also recognizing the beliefs you have that are already spot on and you want to carry through with your change in direction and that no matter where you are now, you can definitely work towards that. Yeah.
1: That makes me think too of, um, there's this quote, I believe by James Sparks and he says, identity is fluid. And so what that means is at any moment you can choose to be a you know, a new you, a new version of you. The only person that's saying you have to be this identity that you've maintained this whole time is only you. <laughs> so if you yeah. decide, um, if you decide that you want to be, you know, um, an exercise instructor, then each time you exercise and you make a decision to fuel that goal or that um, dream that you want to be, you're investing. You're saying like, okay, with this moment, I'm getting closer to that goal. I'm going to be that. Uh, So it's really nice that you can just, uh, if you can be aware of that, you can change your whole future.
0: (laughs) So talking about, you know, your, your steps and, Hey, I need to make a change in all of that. When you first went, did you instantly say, Hey, I have this end goal in mind, like this picture of what, from where you were starting looked like perfection, or what did you How did you get to where you wanted to go?
1: I think on an unconscious level, we all do. Um, And that comes from uh, the theory of the incongruence of self uh, by Carl Rogers. He's a psychologist. uh, And he talks about how we all have an ideal self and a real self. So if you can picture our ideal self, maybe at this top of this ladder, um, and then our real self, depending on where we're at, mentally, maybe we're closer to the top of the ladder if we're doing really well. Um, But if we're really struggling and we know we need to make some changes, we might be at the bottom of that ladder. So we have these goals and aspirations and they're all the way up at the top. But when you have a big incongruence in those and there's just such a big difference that you feel like you're hopeless in achieving those goals, that's when you definitely need to make some changes and get closer, you know, Taking one step at a time on that ladder um, to get to your ideal self. And so that's, I don't know that I necessarily knew exactly, like, oh, I'm definitely going to be getting my bachelor's and getting my master's and losing this weight. I mean, it's, they're all things I wanted to do and they were in the back of my mind, but they, I didn't set out like I'm going to achieve these lofty goals. I set out with, I want my brain to stop yelling at me that everything's going to go wrong. Like, (laughs) I think that's where I started. Like, I was just like, I went into therapy and I said, this is not fun and I need coping skills. That's what I went in with. And while we were there, we unraveled the difference between my ideal self and my real self. And I was able to see what steps I needed to take on that ladder to get closer. And so that's why anybody really changes or goes to therapy is that huge incongruence between who you are now and who you want to be and feeling hopeless that you can't get there.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the points that you made that I think is so great about taking the steps and having it be baby steps. You know, sometimes where your current situation in life, whether it's where you physically live, you're living in a place you don't like living in, maybe it's a state you just dislike, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's a job or a career field that you don't like, or there's something, you know, that you just you know, you want to change, but you aren't sure how to get there, you know, big picture, then start with the baby steps. You know, what's the thing that you can do today that will do it? Because ultimately to make all the, the changes you have, and I'm excited um, in this transition series to kind of explore more of your changes and in a little more detail, but it wasn't one big Hey, I did this and all my problems were solved. It was a no. ton of small baby step yes, decisions yeah. and it was a lot of little pebbles that paved the, yeah, that
1: paved the whole road, right? Yeah. Going from knowing all this, you might ask yourself like so, how do we get there? How do we start on this journey of awareness when you, you're you not even sure of what your faulty beliefs are or anything like that. You could start by asking, they call it the miracle question. Uh, basically, if you were to go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow and everything in your life is exactly how you've always wanted to be, what would be different? And if you answer that with a que- like with an answer that's within your control for the most part, you know, because you can't, obviously you can't change other people. You can't change, you know, <laughs> things that are just like, You just can't change. So, if you ask yourself realistically, you know, what would be better in my life? And then that's where you can start.
0: And tell us that question one more time, because I definitely am writing it down here because I'm going to ask myself this because I think that's such a great way to just check. Where maybe your priorities are right now? Yeah, and to where see where you're... you're
1: at on the ladder, where your ideal yeah. self is, and where your real self is. You know, check in from time to time and say, <laughs> okay, am I on? Am I doing, you know, what I need to do to reach those goals to invest in my ideal self, or am I spending way too much time on Facebook, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> going because down
0: the Facebook black hole? I'm definitely or- guilty. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, um, well, and I think we all have, but what is that question? One yeah, the
1: time. question. So the miracle, it's called the miracle question. And it essentially asks if you were to go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow and everything is exactly how it should be perfect in your eyes of, you know, what you would want. Uh, what would that look like?
0: What would that look like? Man, I am writing that down. And um, for all the mimosas out there listening, if you take on this question and you think of that and you have your idea of what the perfect day looks like, let us know. Because um, yeah. I'm definitely going to be asking myself that tomorrow. Because I think it's so good to check in and, and see where we're at. And on the point of being aware, I think that's one of the first steps is just taking the time to ask a question like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't, we, we definitely don't go about living our lives and we get busy. Yeah. We have some (laughs) idea of like what we want, but we don't envision what we want. And I think that's a big part of, of change is uh, envisioning it and talking about it and planning and learning the things that we need to learn to get us where we need to be.
0: And being intentional about your steps instead of just going through it. it. Yes. You know, (laughs) we all get in that rhythm of, you know, Hey, I get up, I go to work or, you know, I work out. I do, you know, and you get in your routines that just naturally sometimes happen and form, but are each one of those little habits intentional? Are they helping? Are each one of those little habits getting to where we actually want to go, where that ideal, perfect day lifestyle
1: is. Um, yeah. And giving ourselves grace too, because it's an ideal. So yes. if progress, not yeah. perfection, right? Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. That's what I love to tell people. Progress, not perfection, because no one can be perfect and perfect isn't real. <laughs> yes. No,
0: it's not. But I'll tell you what I, I, I know every now and then when I get especially very stressed out, I sometimes have to step back and I'm like, okay, I need to have grace with myself. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And like refit, recharge, and then step forward. And I think awareness is taking that step, that pause, that moment for yourself to then step forward with intention. Absolutely.
1: And in where you're going. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have on here, how do we get there, right? Um, so one way to get there is to learn about yourself, learn how you interact, the choices you make, what fuels them. Uh, a lot of that comes down to our worldview that we hold from a lifetime of experiences. So the things that, like those faulty beliefs, for example, not having the time, that's very evident of the culture that I live in. Um, In the United States, it's fast paced. Everybody's busy, busy, busy. And so it's very normal for me to internalize not having the time. Right. And so that I'm sure
0: you've seen other people, whether it's your parents. I know Mm -hmm. I've certainly had my parents, my friends, people in my inner circle, and I've heard them say, I just don't have the time for that. I don't have time. That is such a common phrase. I know I've heard it from almost in every circle in my community. I've yeah. heard people say that.
1: And But how is it serving us? You know, how is it serving us? And it's not because there's 24 hours in the day. Some people are getting it done, whatever our ideal selves are out there. There are some people living that life. So they obviously found some sort of time in the 24 hours is allotted to us <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's there um so yeah just recognizing how um how our life experiences have shaped us to to think the way that we think is important and i think that goes back to learning your attachment style um because even though for me that answered some of my issues i was having that i wanted to work on i think it is kind of a, a starting point for a lot of people um, that want to better their relationships and they're in those in relationships, I mean also within their jobs or you know with friends or their children. Um, so there's that. And then uh, you might ask yourself, well, what's the point? What is awareness and intention preparing you for? So I believe it's preparing you for any kind of trials that come your way. Uh, it's not a matter of if you'll face trials, but when that's just a fact of life, we don't get uh, out of this life. That's alive. That's such a good
0: <laughs> point. Oh my gosh, right? Because life happens, it yep. will happen. And it, it'll come in different shapes and different forms. And regardless, you know, there's going to be a hurdle or a hardship, but how it comes at us is the unknown variable, but the fact is it will happen. Yeah. That is and the such closer, a good
1: point. The closer you are to living the life that you want to live, the more resilience you have. Uh, and that's what you had asked me, like, how, how did I get to this point in achieving some sort of mental fortitude? And what that comes down to is building resilience. And so you have, basically you have these protective factors or resilient factors and you have risk factors. And so you want your protective factors to outweigh your risk factors. Um, And so a protective factor may be a solid community of family and friends, right? A risk factor may be that you just lost your mom, okay? So, or a risk factor may be that you, are an alcoholic. Okay. So the uh, risk factor, another risk factor could be like, um, that you have anxiety disorder, but if you have enough protective factors, like community, you know, awareness, intention, make sure you're meditating, um, or taking the, you know, the time for yourself, make sure you're fueling Getting your sleep. Yes. Yeah, sleep. All of those are protective factors. Um, so you definitely want to have enough of those so that you can handle whatever life throws at you. And kind of make it more manageable,
0: you know, instead of it having that, you know, life instance, whatever it is, happen to you and it tanking everything you have going on. Instead, it's a it's a bump and it's a hurdle, yeah. but it's one that you can just go over or hop over
1: and yeah. it's- uh, Some people say bounce back from. Yeah. Uh, that's why I linked that one resource um, by Robert Dees. It's called uh, resilient warrior. And he talks about how you can be the tennis ball or the egg. And ideally when something happens, if we're going to be thrown off a balcony, we, we want to be the tennis ball, right? We don't want to be the egg <laughs> and crack, <laughs> yes. like, you know, you want to be able to bounce back. And the way you do that is you make sure that your uh, protective factors outweigh your risk factors. That
0: is fantastic. And that is such a good reminder for all of us to hear. Absolutely.
1: And then I just have this thing to note here. It says you have permission to be an unbiased observer. Uh, so judgment's only going to slow you down. So when you are being aware and you go and look at your screen time and you say, "Oh my gosh, I've been on here ten hours," like, and then the <laughs> internal critic starts going, and and then you that just derails you. That's only holding you back. It's natural human nature, but don't let human nature when here. (laughs) Yes. Silence that inner critic. Yes. And I think
0: that's so important because, you know, taking on this challenge, which now I'm very curious and I'm looking forward. I'm looking, I'm hesitantly looking forward, I think is the way I'm approaching (laughs) this. But checking that screen time, because I'm the poster child for, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. But looking at this screen, I can guarantee you that there's 30 minutes, maybe an hour, two hours, three hours. Could yeah, could longer right, than right. three hours, right? <laughs> that I'm going to see. But having that where, hey, I look at it, it's a fact, it's there. Um, it's, un- it's totally, there's no judgment. But that's just is showing you, hey, you have the opportunity to do yeah. something else with this time.
1: Yeah. Instead this is of beating data. yourself
0: up over it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's just data. It's how you can interpret it. And so you just look at the data and say, okay. Now I can reorganize my time. Don't be hard on yourself. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> um, but the fact that you're looking and you're being aware, like, give yourself credit for that. You know, yeah. that means that you're you're trying to take a step on that ladder to get and to your goals. That's a baby step
0: in and of itself, and yep. I think it's important, like you said. You know, celebrate those baby steps every set of the way. You know, every every time you go, make acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And, and appreciate yourself for doing it.
1: Yep. Yep. And then uh, one way to cultivate awareness that I did link also in the uh, resources was um, taking personality assessments. There are some really great ones out there that are backed scientifically, uh, like the MBTI, which stands for the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And that one will give you a result of 16 different personality types. Um, So you take that, you learn about how you interact with people, how you communicate, how, um, how you kind of interpret the world. And I will say just having me and my husband take that, we understand each other so much better. We can understand you know, why, like, for instance, my type is kind of like a feeling type. Um, and so I have, I have a lot of emotions and feelings <laughs> that go into stuff. And my husband, you've met him. Yes. <laughs> I was going to so say, much. if
0: my, if my, if my husband's listening in on this be like, oh, birds of a feather, <laughs> my wife <laughs> too is the feelings one. Um, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then it also talks about introversion and extroversion um, and how you uh, kind of like Work with your environment like you're either a sensor or you're intuitive. So you kind of, you know, get a feel for things. So it's very interesting. And I think that could really help people, um, whether it's in their relationships in the home, again, with their friends, parenting, or um, in the workplace. It's a great way to team build. And then uh, the one other one I listed was the Enneagram. And that is nine types. So it's a nine different personality types that you can get, and they're based on numbers. Um, and that will tell you a lot about yourself as well. Okay, Brittany.
0: And I just want to thank you for joining me this morning all the way from California. I really appreciate you being on here and look forward to our next episode in this transition series on goal setting. Thanks for having me on here. It was a pleasure chatting with you today. (laughs) Absolutely. And for all the mimosas out there, I would like to just circle back to that quote one more time by George Eliot, It's never too late to be the person you want to be. And again, if you're curious um, about your personality and your life and you want to look more into that, please, um, and learn more about your potential growth, feel free to take one of those personality assessments like the MBTI or the Enneagram that Brittany told us about today and if you don't already follow us on Instagram, please feel free to follow us at Good Morning Mimosas. on our website, thebravebear.com slash gmm or shoot us an email at goodmorningmimosas.podcast at gmail.com. You never know what a like or share will do. So please feel free to share this with your friends, family, or anyone else who could use a spark of joy and some food for thought on Wednesday mornings. We would love your feedback. So please send me all the stories good that you have going on, whether they're big or small. We would love to celebrate them in a Share Your Spark session later on. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Cheers, Mimosas.